So James, Succession is back for its fourth and final season. Yeah. It's a show we've talked about before we both love. We've both seen the first two episodes. Let's yeah. just talk about where we, how we feel about the show quickly and how we think it's going to, you know. Straight out of the gate, really strong, I thought. Just a really uh, fun... I think it's been really nice to see, uh, you know, Kendall, Shiv and... Uh, and Roman. We should just say that. Uh, sorry, oh, we'll these be will, talking we'll be, spoilers. If you obviously. haven't seen the first three seasons, this will be this will be a and the first spoiler. two episodes of yeah. season four. Yeah. We're going to be talking. It was really nice to see them like sort of scrambling manically mm. together, but kind of working as a team. And if you didn't know, like the first episode sort of forms the, the eventual structure of a of a billion of a, of a bidding war yeah. for billions of dollars. And it's quite funny to see this like grand, you can have all these financial advisors and different yeah. people trying to conceptualize, but really it was like, what is the imp- impression of seven, eight, yeah. nine, and ten? Yeah. This is what Kendall's like, it's definitive. It, yeah. it closes the conversation. Yeah. Ten. We just go with ten. <laughs> um but yeah, just interesting. I thought like just just a couple of just a couple of takes like um logan i thought was becoming weirdly introspective in that episode i yes. almost feel like they're foreshadowing his death how do you feel about that you think he's gonna die i think the way he's talking about like what are people mm. and he was talking like what did he say it was he like, needs sorry he does need to die in order for the succession to happen right suppose, like he's yeah. never gonna give it up willingly yeah but there's almost a world where like no one really can have it in the way they want it because like mm. kendall said something it was like it's either it's this or nothing which is like very much implying for Kendall, if he's not pursuing this, he's shooting heroin into his arms. Yeah, wow. Because we've seen him in that dark place. Yeah. And I almost like to end it, because we know it's now ending the season. I don't really know how that looks. We can talk about the ending of episode two and sort of Roman. He sort of gives a bit of a nod to Roman. I think uh, he does. He does. I mean, Logan has to die, but I wonder if someone else dies as well. It's cluttered. It's sort of cluttered. That's yeah. A lot, lot too of easy. I think it's, yeah, too easy. I think. I mean, broadly speaking, I thought that Kendall will... I thought that actually Roman will come out on top. I think Shiv will have to... I think it's going to come to a point where it's like Shiv will realise that her only chance of happiness is to actually like give it all up and actually try and make her marriage with Tom work. Yeah. And they'll both leave it. The pursuit of the, and of the vacuous and empty is never Kendall's what Kendall's only hope for not happiness but redemption is to come clean about what happened with the boy. Yeah. To hand himself he'll in. To, yeah. And I feel like Roman is like... has in the middle of that matured into actually like a sensible adult he like really considers things now yeah he's longing for like more meaningful connections could, yeah. he's less dismissive you can look after things and i mean connor as i think who knows i mean he's more just like i don't i, I don't know where he ends i up. don't the connor i'm hoping the connor storyline has a good ending because i've kind of felt all the way all the way through it, as much he's as i find him amusing i'm just like but what is this storyline doing here? Yeah. It's yeah, great. Okay, he wants to run for president. And it's That's funny, funny and humiliating. But like, I'm, I'm yet to have the punchline of, oh, the Connor storyline. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, he's like trying to fight for just one percent. And Greg's like, no. what you don't have what what's what's less than one? That's the lowest <laughs> number. That's the lowest number. Um I, I I you know, again, like you, I'm I'm enjoying it and it's back to what it is. And like it's funny, it's made me laugh out yeah, loud a good couple so of times. The only thing is, is that I would say I lose thirty percent of the dialogue. And I and I right. we're just talking about watching things with subtitles. I tried earlier, but I couldn't work out the setting. And I think it's imperative that you watch with subtitles. You miss a lot. As a respect for how good some of the lines are, if anything. But I would say I lose thirty percent of the dialogue between mm. people because it's so quick. And when Shiv talks, I lose a good six, uh, maybe 40 percent of the dialogue. I also think that is due to the way it's shot and cut. Yes. Like there, there's a moment which I barely picked up on, which is right at the beginning when Shiv walks in and, and Roman and Kendall are talking about the the one hundred. She goes 
goes in and she like gives Roman a hug and a kiss, but she doesn't Kendall. And it's this very subtle thing yeah. of like, they're not exactly like on the same page. They're not getting on. Mm. And you know, the dialogue style, and it, it's a show where everyone says a million things all the time and everyone vomits out words yeah. and just says fuck and throws yeah. stuff away. But what I loved about the end of episode one is that it was when they won the bid and they got on the phone to Logan, it was quiet. Mm. And none of them had, when they got it, whether or not it was a good choice or not, none of them had anything to say. Yeah. And it was just this stillness and then the score coming in. And that's why I think you have that dialogue. All of a sudden now it's quiet. The importance of that decision became really clear. And I like it for that. But I hope it knows when to yeah. sort of but I think bring that, it up and down. But I think, I think sometimes the overlapping dialogue is cut so quickly. It's that, dense. That, and, and like with Shiv, with, with Sarah Snook, the way she delivers some of those lines, it's like, it's kind of last of the It's like yeah. the, 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 the it, beginning right? and the end of like some of her lines, I just lose. And, Today, watching episode two, I was like, "That's like uh, one." There was there was a good five minutes where I'd misunderstood something, and yeah. Anna had to explain it to me. And then there was another five minutes where she misunderstood thing, and I had to say, "Oh no, no, I've got almost happened here." Person, so I yeah. think well, it's fine, but I, it's a shame because like the, the 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 script is like a restless beast that I love for delivery, really funny lines and good drama, but I also sometimes don't want to be lost within it. And I and I think I, I, I just think about my parents, and I was like, "Jesus, they're not going to be able to follow this yeah. at." Or and sometimes the the script is needlessly confusing. Like I think I've mentioned this before. The names like, like, and the like, company sometimes. Yeah, Especially like, if you've been out for a year. Oh yeah, like the way they yeah, everything's first Pierce, name basis. And like, yes, Pierce, Nan and, yeah. and and uh there's two Stevie not Stevie. Like Kendall's ex who's now Stewie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Stevie so, and Stewie. I like the line that was like, this is an incredibly delicate piece of diplomacy, Greg. Okay, it's like Israel Palestine, except harder and much more important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, really, really, really good stuff. I love, yeah, Matthew McFadden when he's doing it. So we'll see where it goes. Oh, but so um, yeah, uh, Succession. Uh, Succession. We'll probably pick good up show. on the finale. Let us know your thoughts if you've seen Succession and enjoy it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So James, mm. I wanted to speak to you about a film I've seen that isn't a new film, but it did come out last year. And then it completely like got forgotten about and fell away, which is 3000 Years of Longing. Yes. So this is George Miller's latest film george miller made mad max fury road he also made babe i believe oh wow yeah. and uh much else beside if you look at his filmography there's a couple of oh he did that yeah so mad max fury road came out in 2015 and i remember we've kind of talked about this i have only seen that once and it was at the cinema and yeah. i thought oh that was all right but people have since like i think it's great people hold that film up like it's a cinematic masterpiece i'm not saying it isn't but i but i have had to, after hearing all that i've had to go right i think i need to revisit mm. that film you should it is great yes i know but is it yes it, it is great i will i will check it out 
But anyway, so he made that in 2015, got Oscar nominated, and like there was just like so much buzz about that. It just really took came him, out of nowhere as well. It came out of nowhere, just really took off, and good for him. And people were like, "Wow, you know, George Miller's done a lot." And then he hasn't made a film since then. Last year, he comes back with a film called 3,000 Years of Longing with Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. And if anyone saw the poster, or it, the film is a very hard film to sell. Mm. The title is strange. The poster is strange. It's sort of like uh, Idris Elba in a red hood and like Tilda Swinton sort of sat in front of him in a slightly sort yeah. of drawing-like, po- po- almost like a religious painting yes, style yeah. with people coming in from the side. It's like kind of like mythical, kind of crazy. You're thinking, what is that film? It is a hard film to sell. It is a film, let me just explain the premise, in which Tilda Swinton plays a academic of, I'm a, I'm a neurologist, I'm a, I, I study stories. That's how she speaks, something. Yeah. And she's on a flight to, to Istanbul to give a talk at a conference about the history of storytelling and the history of nar- uh, narrative. And she's a narratologist. And uh, she arrives in Istanbul and certain things happen, like someone like bumps into her at the airport and there's this sort of like weird, there's quite sort of like... Um, fairly very standard cgi in this that, yeah. uh, like sort of like tv level cgi that sort of bubbles up it's not sorry it's not bad cgi it's just kind of like here is some cgi it doesn't mm. try to hide the fact um she bumps into someone at the airport and there's some sort of like this sort of cgi weird rift that sort of just sort of sparks between them and he sort of says something to her and as he speaks like there's sort of this echo in this like mesmeric like like dream thing that happens for like three seconds and then he runs off she carries on walking you're thinking oh well, this is strange and then um she's talking at this conference and she's speaking and then in the audience and it's quite freaky when this happens it's just the specter of like a very ancient deity like looking at her with with almost like anger and contempt the way she talks about story and then it, it does almost like a stephen sommer's the mummy thing and it goes like comes up to the camera and goes Wrong! like that and like she's she's fainted like you know it's i almost thought he was going to say anaksunamun <laughs> So she's in Istanbul and she says, oh, she says, these things just keep, um, it's my imagination getting the better of me. Um, I, you know, this is, I, this is what it is. And, and the whole thing is that she's, she's, she's alone, she's single, but she's happy with that. She's perfectly content in her life. She goes to the bazaar and she picks up this, this bottle that's slightly damaged, but it looks beautiful. It's in this beautiful glass. And the guy she's with says, oh, no, no, that's damaged by fire. You get something else. She says, no, no, I'm drawn to this one. I like this one. Anyway, she's in this lovely hotel. She's just freshening up in the morning and she has the bottle and she tries to clean it she gets a sort of toothbrush on it and it smashes and outpours this you know a lot of cgi dust and spectres genie (laughs) and literally or a gin as it's called yes of course that's where originally djin a gin and there's a thing earlier it's like oh do you believe in gin um yeah mrs uh she says no i don't and this spectre this huge gin genie whatever grows out and goes to the other room and suddenly a huge hand is coming through the doorway and then it resizes and then you've got basically a huge version of Idris Elba like lying down in the like shoulders up against the ceiling in this room sort of being like <laughs> and he just pops a virgin no he and he's there and um he he's murmuring to himself and yes literally it's a genie in a bottle it's a yeah. it's a gin three wishes i assume well yes and i must come back to that remind me to tell you about the subtitles so yes she's cracked open the bottle and sure enough he says well it, first of all they can't speak and then they speak to each other in uh uh in ancient greek because she, she oh, studies okay. that right i'll mention the subtitles thing now so yes he says to her 
as they're speaking in ancient Greek, you've released, you've released me from my prison. I grant you three wishes. You know, here are the rules. Da, 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 da. And as he's doing that, he's like absorbing information from the TV and from oh, her iPhone okay, and stuff. Yeah. Just a quick so the when I when I the reason I said oh subtitles is that I watch this on Amazon Prime. It's on Prime for you yeah. to go and watch. It's an English language film. Yeah, people do speak in other languages, but I, I'm watching it and. You normally you watch a film. It's whenever someone speaks in a different language, they subtitle it automatically, right? Yeah. This is happening, and when Idris Elba and uh, oh. Tilda Swinton start to talk, no subtitles are there. So and after about three minutes, I'm like, I'm well, pretty sure yeah. we're meant to know what this conversation is. So I had to turn the subtitles on, and only by doing that did it real. And that conversation that they weren't subtitling is the premise for the entire film which is so you have to go back i'm granting so we wound back and we were like what was he actually saying does it does it say it and it says in ancient hellenic greek i grant you three wishes and oh, we're, like, right. we're like this is the movie but my point is casual viewers might not twig that no. and they might just go i'm not gonna they'll get 20 minutes into the movie and go yeah. i'm really not following this after it just people turned won't up finish it and people won't finish um, it was with all the subtitles now on or was all it all the just, subtitles were okay, now on fine. but i kept it on because we just didn't want to yeah. and actually it was quite nice Sometimes, watching films with subtitles on is even English it, when they're speaking the same language it's fine I don't it? hate it uh, it's, uh, yeah it's lovely um, uh, anyway she, he grants her three wishes and so far so genie right yeah. even though it's still quite peculiar and he sort of resizes down to being sort of like a seven foot Idris Elba with these sort of like elf like ears okay and she says, well, I don't need any wishes. I'm actually perfectly content. Every wish is, a, is, a, is actually a cautionary tale. If you tell me any story about wishing. And he says, well, this is actually my third incarceration, right? And then he, he, and so begins then the rest of the film, which is basically like three or four different tales interweaving with this, this, this scene of, of, of Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba in this hotel room. I mean, it's a bit like, I, I think I said this on Letterboxd, it's like good luck to you, Leo Grand, and that you have like an actress and a, and a guy in a hotel room talking, but yeah. this one, it like, it spins off. So you, you travel back to like ancient Egypt and you get, um, uh, you get medieval um, uh, Istanbul and you get, you know, uh, 1900s Ottoman Empire. You just get just crazy like uh, journeys into different tales. Yeah. And each of these tales is filled with creatures and, and monsters and figures. And, and it's all about stories. And the genie's like, I, 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 stories are important. I'm a djinn. I tell stories and, and stories can set us free and you must complete this stuff. I'm probably not doing it service, but needless to say, it's, you know, it, it's got this kind of crazy plot and all that stuff. I'm watching three years, 3,000 years of longing. And I'm like, this is one of the most different films mm. I've seen in such a long time. And it is so refreshing I, I was so engrossed at how different and passionate it was about its own vision yeah and like it is teeming with its own little stories and its own ideas and everything it never once throws you off because it's about stories it's got a really strong narrative hook so it's like oh, i was doing this in the grand bazaar and you find yourself leaning in like you would yeah. like around a campfire like, great storytelling and you know the film's probably about two hours and i'm like hour 20 in it was, was the first time i sort of clocked that time had passed i was like oh i'm just like fully absorbed mm. into this really strange tale and 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 like miller has a real firm grasp of it um the, the one downside is that if for a film that's all about stories and the importance of stories i wish it landed a bit cleaner narratively right than okay. it does however like it's it's really really different and really peculiar and like i think if anyone 
is having a bit of a rut with films at the moment, or is, mm. if anyone is finding films a little bit stale, a bit different, I'm like, up a bit. go and watch 3,000 Years of Longing because you will not have seen anything like that before. It, nice. it, in a way, it draws on non-Western storytelling traditions and, and weaves those in. It's just, uh, I, I, I finished it and I thought, I cannot believe that got made. That yeah. film cost sixty million dollars, and, and it only made twenty. And it like it was a huge oh, bomb. And like, yeah. and, and you know what? It it doesn't surprise me because yeah. that film is impossible to market. How, how do you even describe it? Yeah. How would you even describe it? It's impossible to market. It's very strange. But thank Christ it exists. Yeah. I'm so glad oh, wow, that great. someone is able to make a film like that. That is a complete blank check movie. How, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just say there's a complete blank check movie in that. Miller had obviously earned his blank check. You know, there's this thing yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. So he made made a Mad Max, and he's obviously and he's making the Furiosa yeah, prequels. Reboot, he was yeah. like, "I'm going to cash my my blank check do now." Of course, you do. want sixty million dollars. There you go. Yeah. Go knock it out. Right, I want to make this really weird thing about Which this. It's not and this. a lot of money for a film. And really. it's like, look at this crazy thing I've done. It and it's like, George, I love it. George mm. Miller, I, 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 this is this is crazy. I love what you've done with the place. It's not going to make any money, yeah. but I'm so proud that it you believe in, it's out. in it's 2022 you made a film like that. Yeah. Um, did we a while, like a really long time, around the time it came out, get emails about 3,000 Years of Longing? I don't I just I'm know. To imagine that someone had said we'd watched it, but if they have, it sounds great. I mean, I, I, you've sold me on it. I think, oh yeah, you won't be disappointed. And if any of you have, please do write in and um, let us know what you thought to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. But that sounds great. I think you'll have the opposite, uh, uh, the positive version of what you have with Infinity Pool. Right, so instead yeah. of when you came back and you were like, it's I don't different, really know, you'll come back going, oh yeah, you know what? I Wow, I didn't really, I feel like I've drunk a potion. Yeah. In a good way. Nice. That's an Amazon Prime and watch it with subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, George, obviously um, you saw God's Creatures over the weekend. Yes, I did. And uh, on your recommendation, I'm really glad that I did because it was funny having watched There Will Be Blood in the same weekend because it, yeah. like in terms of its tone, and like the, the use of percussion and foreboding and kind of like that tuning orchestra sound that God's creatures are using. Well. Uh, I think what uh, worth pointing out is well just how gothic it is yeah. and Greek tragedy. And it's just weird like, to see like gothic in a sort of rural small town yeah, setting like but that. But that makes it even more creepy. I mean, there's yeah. literally a bit where there's like a raven outside a window at yeah. mo- and it's the full moon. I'm like, okay. And like the way they describe... You know, Paul Mescal's like a ghost that has returned. Yes. And there were people, women talk and about the ghost and the double meaning the behind that. Of the death. men in their yeah. lives. And it's just, it's quite, uh, it's quite, it's quite, it's, it's a lot of difficult ideas, you know, about yeah, Ashley Francois' character who comes mm. to, she, she calls the police and, yeah. and has Paul rung up. And there's sort of this really difficult dilemma from Emily Watts. Uh, the spoilers for God's Creatures, yeah, sorry, I should have replied. Um, where she's like, even though I know he's done something wrong, I'm going to lie. Yeah. And, and face the consequences just to protect my son. Yeah. And it's like, if we've had hundreds of years of men committing violence and sexual assault, yeah. why should my son go down when there's yeah. many... When they, they, they could clear a distinction to show that there are other men who think this way and talk this way and behave this way. Yeah, It's I mean, a really sort of challenging idea. I, yeah, and it, that's when I really felt like it's Greek tragic elements. Yeah. Like mother and son, father daughter all these kind of roles being challenged mm. there's a death so weird weird relationship between both paul mescal and his mother and his dad yeah i i mean i loved sorry another film because like we got a, screen, yeah, yeah. a screening link for this so i would i wanted to get i would watch this with subtitles on i'm so glad that i did because yeah. i was missing a lot of the dialogue but the um i watched it with subtitles yeah um the the there are individual scenes and moments of dialogue the, the dialogue is really economical which i really like and there's just a small couple of lines, you really get the impression of that whole 
two characters' relationship mm. in history. So there's a bit with Paul Mescal and his father at the breakfast table. There's a scene with uh, Paul Mescal and, and um, was it Andrea? Aisling, Aisling, Frankie's character at the bar that just tells you a lot about them and just without feeling like you're being given exposition, you just mm. makes you fill in the blanks. Um, I loved um, the, the use of percussion, the, fore, the forebodingness of it. I think that... Um, Paul, you, when were you reading out an email from Bevan when you were like, oh, yes. Paul Mescal plays a very <laughs> character. Yeah. I think the word was sinister, right? Uh, di- a different, sin- yeah, sinister, yeah. Right, well, it. I actually didn't think it's a spoiler. I think from the moment he turns up, I was like, something's off with you. Yeah. And what I what I liked is that he turns up when the, the, this death has happened or someone's managed to, and it, like, that cast- back from Australia, yeah, cast the spectre over the, over the whole thing. And I realized about halfway through, I was like, oh, he's not connected to that death at the beginning. Because yeah. my immediate thought was, Guy dies and you turn up out of nowhere. Right. I immediately want to join the two together, but I was like, it's not that kind of film. No. Um, uh, I, I thought Paul Mescal was great in it. The whole that last scene between him and Emily Watson on the on the beach, yeah. my heart was like beating. I, I thought she was going to start the boat, as well as the tide coming in. But that's, yeah. I thought she was going to start the boat, but she's like, no, like you are like a poison, you are like a toxin, you are a predator. A literally, predator. like uh, the, the the oysters get infected with a fungus, which causes everything to shut down. Yeah. and everything. Yeah, um, some fantastic shots. Um, really, yeah. Really. Did you notice the way she her costume became red as she became absorbed with guilt? So there was this uh, whole no, thing about actually. the color red being a warning and like oh, really? when, when the incident happens, the bars lit up red, all the bad uh, male characters are red. When he poaches the salmon at night, the only lighting is the red uh, rear windows. Cuts his, cuts his hand. And then he's wearing this distinct red shirt yes. the night that he does that thing. And he ends up uh, naked and then wears it again, which is what another reason why Emily Watson feels really mm. torn about it. She sees that shirt again. And then there's a moment when she's in the processing factory and she feels guilty for having, you know, basically gaslit Ashley yeah. Franchiosi. And when she's looking around, she's wearing red mm. and everything else around her is blue. And it's quite like a sort of yeah. on-the-nose thing, but I thought it was just a very sort of nice way to that's act. That's you, you're doing, when you're doing Greek tragedy, big drama kind you do. of... I, I also think and there's the, like, uh, there was a cross in the uh, in the ocean, like a wonky cross, oh, that's like yeah. a warning for the tide. And they often intercut that with the uh, shot of Mary in the home, which is you know they lit with those red yeah, bulbs yeah. and like God watching. And I like the fact that also Paul Mescal was literally challenging like the his, his, his you know his, the other system. He was like, um, what's the word? Uh, taking the bink out of his father and his grandfather. He was like yeah. laughing in his face. But the um, the bit one shot I really liked was that after Paul Mescal has been cleared and they're at the bar, it's like. Uh, they lock in on Emily Watson in this tight, tight, shallow focus. And you can hear the women that she hangs out with talking, but they're kind of distant. Yeah. Because she, and it's like, she's not even part of that world anymore. She's lost her own place in that world. Yeah. And meanwhile, you've got these faceless silhouettes of men at the bar, one of which is Paul Mescal herself yeah. behind them, laughing and joking about what's happened. Yeah, joking and about she can it. hear that. She's like torn between these two worlds. And uh, yeah, great stuff in there. Really, really. I think what, what Bevan said is it's like, it's a story that, has probably happened a million times over, but the fact that it happens here. What I liked as well is that it is era, it is not era specific. No. So that whole place has it's got meant to be the car, the cars are very it could it could be set at any time in the last 40 years. Yeah, I agree. So the cars are very old and worn. You never see an iPhone. No, you don't see it's got <laughs> no. or TV even. It's just and, and people smoke and, and the way they're dressed, you're like this sort of, sort of worn down thing. Everything feels old, but it doesn't it could be today, it yeah. could be 40 years ago. It's just the same. So um, yeah, really clever. Really, I was very impressed also. Lots of layers to pull out there. The, the, just the shots they did, like in the, uh, like sort of the, the oyster yeah. trestles with the tides coming in and out. Yeah. That's a really challenging area to yeah. shoot it. It must have been 
quite a feat. Yeah. So but God's yeah. creatures definitely. I, 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 I definitely. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you've you've heard some spoilers, and you probably have already seen it. But still, go see it. And uh, I definitely enjoyed it as a palate cleanser after 65. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and definitely worth a, a rewatch at some point as well. I'm sure. Well, there you go, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus piece of content. We're going to try and do lots of little bonus bits as and when we see fit during the week. So do look out for them. And as always, we put a full episode out every single Wednesday. So look out for that, guys. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you.